Welcome to Living a Maintenance Life. I'm the host and creator, Carlos Damien, a.k.a. Los AFFA. This podcast is about our Shogun Warriors. It's about their stories, their perspectives, and insight into their lives. My hopes for this podcast is to have conversations with different maintenance pros from across our group in order to learn each other better. Over my career, I've served as a maintenance pro, MTI, and first sergeant. I've met amazing people from across the globe, but right here and now, I get the privilege to serve with 2,400 maintenance professionals. Here are some of our conversations. Hey, welcome to the show, LT. I got Lieutenant Petty here, and she's going to introduce herself in just a second. I appreciate you coming out and uh, uh, sitting down with me. And again, this maintenance podcast is Living a Maintenance Life is for individuals in our maintenance group uh, and around the world, actually, to listen to your story, to get to hear and uh, uh, almost get a piece of you to, to, to give to others. So let's get this thing started. Uh, what's your name, rank, and position? My name is Jenna Petty. I'm a second lieutenant in the Air Force, and I'm currently the assistant uh, OIC for the 44th AMU at Kadena. Awesome. What's your hometown? I grew up for the first 10 years of my life in Colorado, and then I went to middle school and high school in Charlotte, North Carolina. Were you a military brat by trade? I was not, no. I'm actually the first person in my, I'm the only person in my immediate family in the military, and um, the only other person in my family that I know of at all is a great uncle that I had who served in the Navy in World War II. It's you, leading the charge. How do you feel like your hometown influenced you growing up? Um, I went to high school in Concord, North Carolina, um, which was a very military-heavy town with different bases around the area, and I somehow ended up in junior ROTC in high school and I loved it. I had great friends in that program. I had great instructors who were a a retired master sergeant and a retired lieutenant colonel um, who kind of gave me a taste of what just the camaraderie of the Air Force could bring to me into my future and I loved it and I wanted more of it. So definitely just the like high school that I ended up at is the main contributor to why I ended up in the Air Force. Wow, that's amazing. That like, as you're developing, as you're, as you're learning different things, and then you see that, you get a taste of it, and you're like, I think I want to see more of that. I want to see what's going on out there. Uh, I will tell you a story is a little very similar to that. Do you have a favorite quote or a favorite song or a favorite movie? I do, yes. My absolute favorite quote was ingrained in my brain um, in basic training at the Air Force Academy. Um, It is The Uniform of My Country by Captain Karen Dorman Kimmel. Um, And I can just give it to you if you want me to. Send it. (laughs) Um, Without a word, this uniform also whispers of freezing troops, injured bodies, and Americans left forever in foreign fields. It documents every serviceman's courage who, by accepting this uniform, promises the one gift that he truly has to give, his life. I wear my uniform for the heritage of sacrifice it represents and more. I wear my uniform with pride for it represents the greatest nation of free people in the world. I got goosebumps. (laughs) I I call it getting La Bamba because the movie gives me goosebumps every time I I, I watch it. But that was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and before we get started on the interview, you said that they, they, they've changed some things up about that poem or, or, that, or that quote recently. Yes, yes. So when I learned it, some of the wording was, um, and the way I just said it is, it documents every service men's courage. Um, and then in the couple years after that, when we retaught that quote to the incoming trainees, um, we taught it as it documents every service member's courage or every service person's courage um, to be a more inclusive, gender neutral um, quote to represent that it's not just every service man's courage, it's every service man, woman, whatever you identify as an inclusive force. And that's how we teach it now, or that's what I got to teach it as. That's awesome. And you're a part of that, that not just that change, not just a movement, but a cultural shift that, that, you know, that were 23 years ago, it wouldn't have probably even been an issue. Living a maintenance life is tough. Um, do you have a influential maintainer? Who's the most influential maintainer you ever met? The person who immediately comes to mind is the person who convinced me to become a maintenance officer. Uh, before I even commissioned, uh, my most recent squadron commander at the Air Force Academy was a maintenance officer by trade, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Shannon Antonson. Uh, shout out to her. Um, she influenced me to become a maintenance officer because of the passion that she had for people. And when I was trying to decide what AFSC would be the best for me, like if I had any say in what I was going to do, um, I said, I really want the opportunity to feel closer to the mission the Air Force flies planes, right? And I wanted to feel close to that mission, and I wanted the opportunity to be stationed anywhere in the world where that mission is executed, and I I wanted to care for people. I wanted to, right off the bat, be thrown into situations where I had to think on my feet and care for the people that were under me. And so Colonel Antonson said, that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. She told me... Um, on day one as a second lieutenant, she had 150 airmen under her command. <laughs> and I said, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> um, and she just had stories on stories from deployments, TDYs, everywhere she had been stationed that just every time I spoke to her told me that, that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so here I am. That's fantastic. Right now, what do you value most out of a good man? Or what, what would you say a good maintainer is? What are those qualities or characteristics that you you think that is uh, makes a good maintainer? I think a good maintainer shows a desire to contribute to the mission, um, safely executing the tasks that are given to them, and caring for the people around them. So you rolled right into my next question. <laughs> into, uh, what do you value most in a peer? In a peer, as a as a lieutenant, there are a lot of other lieutenants in the maintenance group, and I value a peer who me um be, whether that being sitting in a morning meeting briefing the colonel and my peers nudging me like providing feedback that uh sometimes is better to hear from a peer than from your commander or from your subordinates there are some things that are much easier some topics that are much easier to approach from a peer perspective um and so i appreciate when the other lieutenants or cgos in the group you know, pat you on the back and provide you positive feedback that you might not get otherwise or feedback that's constructive that you might not get otherwise. I think there's value in the camaraderie that's built uh, between lieutenants that stick together. Yeah, I agree. I watch you guys brief every uh, every Friday, and it I'm 
always impressed that you're ready to stand in front of the 07 um, or maybe not stand in front of because we're, everything is virtual right now. But even then, you know, when uh, the general's looking down, uh, looking at you and you just go over there and you, f- you flow it out and you come prepared and you come ready to tell to tell the general about those mission ready aircraft. What do you value most in these leaders, in these supervisors? What is what is something that you value? I value a leader who makes their expectations relatively clear to their subordinates, to the you know officer corps. If I have an 06 who has set clear expectations to me, I can go and execute those expectations. I, and I also value someone who's approachable, even on a personal level. I value the fact that there are so many um, senior CGOs and FGOs in this maintenance group here at Kadena that I know that at any given time I could approach them with a maintenance issue, with a personnel issue, uh, with a personal issue for myself. I value that they are approachable um, with all aspects of life. So I'm going to challenge you on this one a little bit. Uh, because as a leader, sometimes, and you know, some there's probably people doing mental judo with me right about uh, when I want to finish this statement. You know, sometimes leadership is a little bit about that too. What do you say about that? So, yes, yes, I did say it. But I'm going to circle back to something that has been repeated to me and amongst our like young CGOs for the last month. It's really been driven into us that... Uh, Plans are nothing, but planning is everything. (laughs) So um, the plans that we have might turn to absolute crap (laughs) as soon as, as, you know, at at the drop of a hat. But we've put in the effort at that point to plan up to a certain point. So planning and knowing how to plan and how to think on your feet in that process will allow you uh, to hopefully make a quicker, more informed decision because of the effort that you've put into the plans that you already built. What makes you you? As a leader, as a peer, as a mentor, I recognize my own emotions and I recognize emotions in other people. And I I know that emotions aren't always going to be a, a factor in decision-making, but my emotions allow me to think about situations differently and I I think that sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes that's a bad thing Um, but I recognize my emotions and I um, recognize that my emotions make me me and if I can empathize with someone empathize with my airmen or my peers on the situation that they are in that it shows them that I care, and it tells me um, and helps me move forward with uh, making a decision or helping someone else, if that makes sense. Well said. Well okay. said. Absolutely. <laughs> makes perfect sense. And I think everyone, uh, everyone listening is definitely going to be able to understand and uh, um, comprehend what you just said. That's, that, that's ab- absolutely outstanding. So these are rapid-fire questions, and it's the first thing that comes to mind. In regards to maintenance, what is something that you really like? What is something you dislike? And what would you change? And the change doesn't have to be you have to, you know, formulate this amazing, you have to give me three koas. It's just something you would change if you you were given a magical bullet or a magic wand to change. 
like, dislike, and change? Something that I really like is the general sense of, like, trust in each other to get the job done. And that's what I've seen is that um, we train our three levels to become five levels to become seven levels, and we train our officers to become OICs, and we, we trust that we're going to get the job done. I've seen a lot of, like, fire and forget, um, and I really appreciate that, that we all have the drive to accomplish the same mission. Um, and as long as we're focused on that mission, that we do everything that we can to get the job done. Um, so that's something that I really like, is that I feel that we are all geared towards the same goal. Um, and that builds a sense of camaraderie amongst everyone in, the, in a maintenance career field. Something that I would say I dislike is how much things can get in the way of that mission. Um, there are so many levels to decision making that sometimes you wish you could make a decision, but you know that's not a decision that can be made at your level and you have to wait for someone to be able to tell you to execute it. So I think uh, something I dislike is how I feel things getting in the way of effective decision making. Pack a lunch. It's a long one. That's a, that, that, that is quite. But as you as you come up through the ranks and as you uh, as your career moves on, you will. Uh, and you're like that's the the best part I think towards the twilight of my career is you get a chance to really in, influence change, influence things in uh, decision making. I think we're even our chief of staff of the Air Force right now that accelerate change or lose uh, the bureaucracy, re- removing as many levels. Because that's what you know, getting ready to uh, head into an exercise. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to get to it because I think you're going to tell me about it later. But that's the first time I watched you. Is you were out there making decisions, and it's like, boom, it's on you. It's on Earl Ray. You guys just get after it and figure it out. And I, I and I love watching those decisions being made. I watched the 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 gears turning. So what would you change? Chief, that's a hard question because my I think way too deeply on things. I'm like, you asked me what my favorite quote was. I really had to think. Um, relationships and communications with ops. <laughs> From the OIC standpoint, um, I got the opportunity to go TDY last year. I got the opportunity to be an OIC for uh, an exercise off station. And that was the first time I got a taste of, like, actually communicating with our pilots and actually communicating with ops. And, like, from the OIC perspective, sometimes that can be really difficult. Um, And I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I would say that there is so much, um, so much that, you know, we need to accomplish our mission, they need to accomplish their mission, and I think that sometimes we don't understand each other's mission well enough. So I think I I would probably change the way we go about learning about each other so we can better accomplish the same mission together between maintenance and ops. Every single chance you get to go and just go sit in an OSS, go sit with the with the planners and the, even the loggies, it's it'll help you out a, a million times. And then you, again, for me, why I do these podcasts is building a relationship so you know who to call and you you don't have to go in there cold. And that's always a that's always something that's great. So throughout your career now, um, how's your family support you? My family's fantastic, in all honesty. I, I said earlier that I have no military background in my family at all. So when I told them that I wanted to join the Air Force, they, I mean, we didn't even know the difference between enlisting and commissioning. So it was, it was very difficult 
le- steep learning curve and understanding what I was deciding to do. Um, but I think along the way, my I had a support system even through high school. Like, you want to play this sport? Sure, go do it. You want to be a part of this club? Sure, go do it. My family just, as long as I had a passion for it, my family supported me in my passions. Um, like, I'm, I'm in the Air Force. My brother is in art school. My sister's a stay-at-home mom. We have <laughs> a very diverse family dynamic. Um, and my parents are supportive of all three of us and what we want to do. You guys are all pretty close, too? We are, yes. So. A little harder now that COVID's, you know, COVID happens, but at least get the electronics. Uh, yeah, we do, like, weekly Zoom calls where I tell them about – it's funny because – They have no idea what I'm saying half the time. Like when I call them and I tell them about something super exciting that I did at work, they have no idea what I'm saying, but they just get excited with me because of the passion that I have. And I just love that. You know, my mom's like, I have no idea what you just said, but that's awesome. (laughs) That is absolutely, I, a lot of Mm -hmm. people get that initially, especially their first few years in the service, Mm -hmm. you know, you get there and. I, like I was sharing with you earlier, I could tell my mom something and she's just like, I don't know what that means, mijo, but that sounds great. I mean, it's <laughs> exactly that same thing. And, you know, uh, a lot of us that are more of, that are fortunate, you get to hear the words, I'm proud of you, you know, out of your, out of your family. And that's always something that uh, I think that people need. Uh, but on those tough days, being a maintenance professional that we all have, and you're, and you're going to have more of those as your career goes on. Um, it's always nice to fall back on, you know, uh, on the family. So I'd like for you to tell me, uh, your favorite or a memorable maintenance story. Something that you can remember that's like, well, that was interesting. How do I start this story? So last year, uh, I think I said I got the opportunity to go TDY and then I got the opportunity to be a, uh, like an acting OIC, maintenance OIC for an exercise back in December. So I moved to the 44th in November, like mid-November. I had two weeks in the 44th before we were supposed to exercise. And before that, I only had back shop experience. And in the exercise, it was like, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what the flight line, like all the work and the prep that goes into exercising, especially on the AMU side. And going into the exercise, they said, oh, we have this new OIC, give her the opportunity to go down to Futema. And so I went, I was just told by our squadron, yeah, send, it, send, the, uh, the, LT da- send the new LT down to Futema, um, let her see how it works down there. And I was not the maintenance projo, uh, like you said, Earl Ray, ER, uh, was, the, was the projo for that. And we went into the exercise thinking that I was just going to shadow him, that I was just going to like learn and understand, it was just a sick ship, learn and understand how we were going to operate uh, with a, a sick ship off, off station. And, um, and we had a, an ops, like, on-site commander who was going to be the main ultimate decision-making authority for on-site decisions during the exercise, and he was a pilot. And we get down to Futema, and he's on the flying schedule to fly, during the day so we get down there and our commander is not on site to make decisions they said oh who's the next person in the line of officers on site that can can act as the commander oh lieutenant petty you're here be the uh foss commander it's pretty much what what i felt like going into it so uh thrown straight into the deep end and trying to figure out what the heck was going on um we 
we're talking earlier about aircraft people and, and equipment um, earlier today and like going in going in planning for an exercise planning for a TDY planning for a deployment as maintainers we talk aircraft people and equipment and we, we were totally prepared with the aircraft we were totally prepared like with our manning and our people and even our equipment and our age and all of those things but we didn't think logistically about the environment that we were going into and the weather specifically that we were going into that week so I'm like this acting FOST commander on site and in the middle of the day it starts pouring rain and we have no rain gear <laughs> and and as all of our maintainers are soaking wet and it's like 4 a.m we're prepping to launch jets and we're soaking wet and we're exercising in alarm conditions whatever and I can't communicate with the home station and I'm supposed to be this acting FOSS commander and everyone is soaking wet and I'm running around trying to figure out how to get rain gear for our people and and I just learned so much that week about um, decision making on the spot like we were talking about earlier and it was just such a great experience for me to learn about the ins and outs of all of the logistical work and prep it takes to do even just a week-long exercise and taking care of every single detail involved with that to the point of driving my personal vehicle back up to base and running around to all the four other squadrons in the group to acquire rain gear from everyone's CSS <laughs> is what ended up happening. I just so we could, remember that. Yeah. Just, so, just so I could run into CSS and grab like 58 packs of rain gear to dry everyone off to launch aircraft for the exercise. So I think that was just a great, memorable, funny experience. When I drove up with a truck full of rain gear, it was like a, a group of maintainers applauding me for bringing in rain gear, and it was awesome. So, yeah, I think that's my, my favorite moment I had uh, so far. Leadership is hard. Yeah. Maintenance is hard. The things that we do, I honestly feel like, you know, you hear that uh, if it was easy, everyone would do it. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show. I appreciate it. And from MXG headquarters, we're out. Teammates, again, thank you for listening. If you or anybody you know wants to be a part of the show, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Los AF Jefe, be happy to have you on the show. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored by the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Though we may use name, ranks, and duty titles, this podcast is strictly opinion-based by the member and myself. Cleared off headsets, Los AF Jefe, out.